to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Sugar Coated. I am so excited. I'm always excited, but I'm even more excited. First of all, because today kicks off Women's History Month, which is amazing. And then I have two incredible guests today, Rachel Grun and Andrea Swick. They are co-founders of Good Good Investing and also podcast hosts. And they have been on so many different shows and in the media. And I am so excited to speak to them about their area of expertise, which is real estate investing. So welcome to the show, Rachel and Andrea. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here. It is so good to talk to the both of you. I was just saying as we were sort of getting started here that investing for women and understanding finances is probably the single best thing that we can do for ourselves as women. There are just so many statistics around the fact that, you know, when when women have wealth, we do such good things for our families, our communities, and the world, right? So we need to empower our own selves. And I think that the way forward is through wealth. So let's kind of dive in. And why don't the both of you tell me how you came together to start this business and why and sort of what it's all about? For sure. You can take it first, Andrea. Yeah, I was just going to say Rachel and I come from two different worlds. Rachel kind of grew up in the real estate industry with her parents being super familiar with all types of real estate. And then I came from Silicon Valley working corporate America and grinding every single day, trying to climb, climb up that corporate ladder until I you know, I just thought like, okay, that's enough. I need a little bit more time freedom. And so we met each other at a very, I would say male dominated event. Mm. And um, we were like, oh my gosh, another woman, you know? So we're like, let's get coffee. And we were both local. And so we had coffee and we just aligned on our values and our goals and specifically around educating women and others about real estate investing. And so we came together. I mean, really, it's just been great. We started off with the podcast idea and now we've become co-founders of our company. That's amazing. Yeah. And even even our name, Good Good Investing, comes from um, 
you know, we want to do good for our community that we invest in, in our mm-hmm. tenants or, you know, other types of people occupying our commercial real estate spaces that we purchase. And also we want to do good for our investors. So we do good, good at good, good investing for sure. And my background, yeah, is in real estate. I grew up in a real estate family, a very awesome mother talking about strong and powerful women. She went through a a terrible divorce when I was 12 years old and had to rebuild her life and did it through real estate investing. And so I was exposed to it at a very young age. And growing up, it's kind of all that I knew. I was homeschooled. So I was really just in Mm. it all the time. And it's completely changed my life. It's changed my mom's life. And now we just want to spread the knowledge, hopefully change other people's lives. Oh, gosh, I I just love that so much. It's there is so much potential, I think, in real estate investing. And yet I think that it's something that is very scary, not just for women, but for, you know, anybody, especially when I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. She was she was a financial advisor. But, you know, women in corporate, (laughs) I was there, too. You know, we we make eighty one cents on the dollar, and then it, it's it's worse for women of color. I mean, it's just it, it's so awful, right? So it's like we're starting out behind the start line, or you know, behind the eight ball, and so we have to use these other strategies in order to get ahead, or at least you know, catch up. But that's difficult when you don't have as much to kind of start with. So what what type of advice can you give to someone? And it doesn't matter, you know, what age or stage they're at. You know, what advice can you give for even setting yourself up to be able to invest in real estate somehow? It's really good. Do you have an idea? Yeah, I mean, one, <laughs> I would say like when I was in corporate America, I felt like I had this ceiling of how much I could earn, you know? And so there wasn't, I guess, that much that I could invest. I was from California too. And so I had to count on like 401k. So that was an alternative for me to use for investing. And not a lot of people know that, that you can actually still work your corporate job if that's what you choose to do. Maybe your salary is a little tight, but all of the money that you've been putting in your 401k that maybe your company has been matching can be repurposed into something called a self-directed IRA. And then that puts you more in charge of where to use that money and how to invest it. Hmm. That's super interesting. So what I immediately think of when I think of real estate investing is you know, going out and purchasing a a property and having to have that whatever, you know, 10, 20% down payment, which is a, you know, a big chunk. But like what you're saying is you can start to invest in real estate without going out and buying a building or a home by just taking the, the money that you're putting aside for retirement and directing it into real estate investments. Exactly. And that's without cashing it out and taking a penalty. You can actually invest yeah. within the retirement account. So we actually created a tool called the 3-in-1 Net Worth Assessment Tool. And it's awesome because it's kind of a self-assessment of your finances because we like to say you may be richer than you think. 
there are, mm. there might, there might be places you can pull money from that you didn't realize you could tap into like a retirement account, for example, or a HELOC without, you know, if you don't want to do a refinance, you can do a HELOC in order to leverage the equity on your home in order to create a higher annualized return on your investments. So there's a lot of different ways you can get super creative with your finances. And especially with the model of real estate investing that we do, we do um, syndication, which is essentially a fancy word for crowdfunding real estate. So mm. people are able to buy in to the real estate investment at a much lower cost than it would be to put 10 or 20% down on an investment property, but they are a co-owner. So they're still getting all the benefits of real estate investing, appreciation, cash flow, principal pay down, but without any of the responsibility of managing a rental property. Yeah. And that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I started out just buying a rental property and then getting some Airbnbs. But a lot of our capital was getting tied into those assets. Like you said, at a 20%, we bought some cabins. That one was 25% down payment. And then I learned about syndication. And I was absolutely hooked because you could just diversify your capital a lot more easily. You don't have to qualify for the loan. You don't have to put 20% down a lot of the offerings are pretty flexible on how much you could put into whatever you're investing in. So I was hooked on commercial real estate and syndication specifically. Yeah, it mitigates risk. That is so cool. And so I, I one of the other things, um, and I, I say this from firsthand experience, not from myself, but from so many women that I know, they are so afraid, afraid of finance and numbers and just even these terms. So I I want to like slow down for a second. Uh, so a HELOC is when you own a, a home and you can take out a, a line of credit, a home equity line of credit, HELOC, against your, your mortgage or, or your home if you own it. So it's a great way to free up cash. You do have to pay that back and there is interest associated with it. So just just that. So I have a couple of questions. I have a million questions. What we need to do is educate ourselves, right? We're all very smart, but sometimes these terms and the, the way that they're spoken and thrown around and real estate syndicate and, and all of it, it's, it's like, oh my God, that is so scary. So where can women just even start so that they can understand, get a handle on these terms so that they're not so scary. That's really good. And <laughs> I mean, it is a plug, but our podcast, and we say that because, I mean, that's why we created it. And to, YouTube channel. And YouTube. Yep. Yeah. And YouTube channel. We want to demystify commercial real estate investing. I think there's a huge misconception that it's reserved for crusty old men like uh, Warren Buffett. And it's not. <laughs> Anyone can get involved. Anyone can get invested. And so we're just breaking down barriers and walls. Um, and we actually have a whole podcast episode dedicated to terms you might hear thrown around in the commercial real estate space. People can go there and you know educate themselves in private so they sound like professionals in public, right? Yeah, we, we absolutely love to educate and demystify. Yeah, we're coming. I love that. And we're coming out with a book this year. Yeah. And Ooh. then you can always reach out to us directly through our website. And we're, we'll be more than happy to get in touch with any of your listeners if they have any questions. 
Yeah, that's awesome. We'll put all of that in the show notes and you'll tell me the exact episode that like breaks down all the terms so that we can put that in there. So can we talk a little bit about this idea of real estate, real estate syndication? Because I imagine that you have to also protect yourself, right? You have to do research to understand who it is that's sort of leading this syndication. So how would you go about I guess, first of all, finding out about these uh, syndications or syndicates. I don't know what the yeah. proper term is. <laughs> and then, you know, how do you go about vetting who the people are that are running it and, and all of it? And of course, we know, first of all, that this is all just information. We're not telling people to go out and, and do this as like investment advice. But just so that we, we can be a little smarter when, when we're sort of looking through these things. Yeah, I would say, um, so it's syndication. And I would say to do your research in finding a person or a team that has experience and that looks out for a few of the following. So one, you always want to look at the location that a syndication is investing in to see that there is growth in that area, that there is enough economic drivers to support the investment. It depends on what the asset is, but, you know, look at crime reports, look at the projections within the deal. Have they been inflated? We have seen everything from, you know, different syndication teams. We are on more of the conservative side, but there are some people that put out, you know, explosive projected returns. So you kind of want to stay away from, you know, the exaggerated returns. Mm. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I think definitely you have to have a baseline understanding of the asset class. So let's take um, commercial multifamily apartment buildings, for example, because we do a lot of those. So these are large, over 100 unit complexes. You know, in the past year, we've seen rent growth some in some markets up to 22%. Is that expected to continue? No, there's no way. We underwrite our rent growth at 3% a year. So that's mm. another thing you want to be looking at. Are these sponsors saying, oh, yeah, the next year we'll do another 22% rent growth? No, that's just not possible. It's not sustainable. So those are the types of things that as a savvy investor and Again, we can give you this episode as well. We actually have an episode called What Should You Ask Before Investing as a Savvy Investor? So Mm. it kind of goes over in detail all the questions you should ask a potential sponsor. Now to your question about where to find these deals. So our industry is highly regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission for good reason, because there were bad actors, you know, like uh, Bernie Madoff that lost people Mm -hmm. a lot of money. So we are not allowed to generally advertise or solicit our investments to the general public. So a lot of these investments are uh, word of mouth. So Mm. I think once you insert yourself into a community of syndication sponsors, there will just be more and more that come out of the woodwork. You can always ask even us. You can say, hey, love you guys, love what you're doing. Are there any other sponsors you know that you respect that you would recommend? And then we would, of course, be happy to facilitate an introduction Hmm. because there are enough deals to go around. But yeah, I think there is that huge barrier to entry just because of the lack of advertising and communication. Now, we are working on a deal right now where we will be allowed to publicly advertise. However, the caveat to that deal structure is that we are only allowed to accept accredited investors. And an accredited investor is someone who earns at least $200,000 a year if they're single, $300,000 if they're married, 
or has a net worth over a million dollars, not including their primary residence. Yeah. And we are doing, that's our first deal that we're doing that way. Our previous deals have accepted accredited and non-accredited, but again, we aren't allowed to advertise those. Yeah. Mm. And full transparency, the way that I found out about syndication was getting in the room with the right people. And I had to pay a lot of money to get into that room. And so it is really about who you know. Mm. So the commercial real estate space is very unique where a lot of the people in that space are very wealthy people, right? But then we're trying to break that down and get more people the right information and be a lot more open on the deals. And hopefully we're doing that through, you know, our podcast and, and um, our YouTube channel. And and your book, which I cannot wait. So I, I assume that the book is very much in line with everything that you're doing, the educational aspect and, and access, right? Yeah. So I love this. And, you know, it just, it, it's kind of firing off a couple of different things for me. It's, you know, it's this idea of privilege, right? The the rich protecting their their community, their assets, and really creating a, a barrier so others don't get in because it's this idea, like you you said, Rachel, there's enough to go around. Well, they don't believe that there's enough to go around, right? They want to hold on to their own thing. And Andrea, when when you said you had to pay a lot of money to kind of get into this world, I mean, I also, I want to ask, like, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. But like when you say that, you know, $250 is a lot of money for me right now. <laughs> so like what is, what is a lot of money? Is it thousands? Is it hundreds of thousands? What's a lot of money? Yeah, this is crazy. So it was a leap of faith. We had never spent this much money, but to get into the room for one of the ecosystems for multifamily was 35000 just yeah. for like the mastermind. And then to be taught how to analyze these deals was another 35,000. Wow. And then it turned out that that ecosystem, it was fine, but another one fit better for us. And that was another 35,000. So I mean, wow. yeah, it, it's been a lot in education and getting yeah. into the right rooms, but it's definitely been worth it. And so now, you know, we feel like our viewers and our listeners don't have to pay that money because yeah. we're helping educate them for free. So, we're sharing yeah. what we learned from our super expensive yeah. masterminds. But, um, and also there are some deal sponsors out there who are putting together syndications that actually charge passive investors thousands of dollars in order to even just receive the deal into their mailbox, their inbox. Yeah. So yeah. we don't do that either. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is so interesting. And I, I love peeling back the curtain on this because this is the the stuff that we need to get involved in. And all the networks, right? The the power of, of networking. If you can sort of get into these rooms, if you can get into these ecosystems just by way of being there, there's opportunities. And so I, I really admire what it is that you're doing and especially that you're focused on women doing this because we we need to be in these rooms and have these opportunities. And it seems to me that the investment 
that you made was truly an investment in education, educating yourself, figuring out how to operate within all of this stuff. And I'm sure with the knowledge that you gained, you were able to sort of make that back and more. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I like on this no sugar coating, I really do want to just challenge the listeners to get curious about finances because I have, you know, a bunch of friends and um, like from my kids' schools and everything, and they're really not interested in talking to me about investing or money or anything like that. And I just really want, I'm so passionate about educating and I want the listeners to know that if you just get curious, start asking your husband like, oh, you know, where does our money go? Or what kind of investing are we doing? Is everything in the 401k? Did you know there was alternatives in real estate? You know, do you know what a syndication is? Like start getting interested and having those conversations. You might spark something in your spouse that they didn't know about. And then you can be transforming the wealth for your family and leaving a bigger legacy than you ever expected. Yeah. And also I'll add also in the not sugarcoating thread. So, you know, I know a lot of my friends who quit their W-2 jobs to stay at home with their children, which is a job in and of itself. I'm a mother. I get it. Nothing but respect. But they left 401ks at their previous jobs and they're sitting there in the mutual funds making, you know, (laughs) negative 1% per year if you adjust for inflation. So I would also encourage them to take control of their own finances, even outside of maybe their spouse's income, because you can take that 401k and roll it over Mm -hmm. into a a self-directed account that you can then invest in a private equity holding, which is commercial real estate. That's what we do. It's called private equity holdings. You can grow that. And I encourage women to do this because it keeps you out of staying in a bad relationship. You know, I've heard someone say, oh, people are getting divorced so much more now than they did in the 60s or 70s. It's because women are finally able to have control of their finances and their financial future. And they're not reliant on staying with an abusive partner just because they're putting food on the table for their family. And so I really encourage women to use the resources that you have to grow your financial wealth and independence outside of your partner's because that will then give you the tools and resources you need to make independent decisions if it, God forbid, it ever came to that. Yeah, I I love that. That is such an empowering message. And I do believe that it's critically important for women to understand the finances that it's it's almost like there's two camps of of women that I know ones like you described where you know they've taken time off to to raise their kids and the husband like controls the finances and then there's women like me <laughs> who I control the finances and I make all the decisions <laughs> and you know I I love doing it because it's in away is like a little bit of a game, right? Like moving all the shells around, trying to put things here, experimenting there. I'm someone who's super comfortable with that type of stuff, but that's because as I was growing up, I, you know, I was very very good with math. I had I, I you know, I got my degree undergrad in economics. I went into the finance and investment banking world. So all of this is you know, it's sort of part of who I am. My mom was a a single mom from when I was seven on, and she was a teacher. And, you know, you would think, oh, teachers don't make a, a lot of money and everything. 
Well, my mother is probably one of the most savvy, like financial people that I know. And she has done so much to build her wealth on her, you know, teacher's salary. And actually right now, <laughs> my mom, she she does this every year. She goes to Hawaii for a couple of months. She actually just went yesterday. She just got there today. So she goes and she stays for a couple of months. She's retired and has been since she was, I think, 65 years old. She's 78 right now. And it's just amazing to see. And she instilled that in me. And I have two boys now. So I I sort of can't pass along from a a women's point of view. But every woman that I talk to and every young woman that I talk to, I say to them, just take a little bit and start investing now. Because the more that you do early, you know, when you're ready to maybe not work or even take some time off to raise kids, you're going to have access to money. And money is independence. It is. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's freedom. (laughs) It's freedom. It's freedom. It really is. One of the things that I did that I look back and I said, well, that wasn't very smart, is I I did a ton early in my career to put a, and I worked in corporate. So I put a lot away for retirement, right? I always like maxed out everything. And then in the moment, I was also buying house, you know, my house and my kids. But I didn't, do a great job of saving for my kids' college. Even though I saved, I didn't save enough. And the cost of college these days is astronomical. Yeah. And so I think if you can make some investments early on that are, you know, I didn't diversify into real estate. That is something I'm not in right now, but I'm super interested in it. If I had sort of had those assets, I think I could have, you know, cashed out of them and at least been able to pay for my kids' college. Mm-hmm. Now we have taken out some loans. Yeah. And I've heard of real estate investors that have actually set their kids up for college by buying like a small rental property and getting a tenant in there, maybe not even cash flowing, but at least paying all their expenses putting an 18-year mortgage on it. And then once their kid turns 18 and the mortgage is paid off, their kid has $400,000, depending on where you live, to use for anything, to use for college, to reinvest, to do anything that they want with, which is kind of genius. It's a way for you to make sure that your kid in 18 years has 400K that you really didn't pay anything towards because a tenant was paying it. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I got the chills. That is so good. That is so good. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Well, and I, I think just going back to th- this whole idea of networking and being in these circles and having these conversations that are not sugarcoated, you know, it's mind boggling that, you know, the moms that you, you talk to and everything that they don't want to talk about it. There's this you know, taboo around talking about finance and investing. And the thing that's so funny about it is this is how this is how guys operate. If they're going to pick up the kid, they're like, oh, hey, like, I just learned about real estate syndication. (laughs) What's that, Jim? You know, and that's how then they like get involved in this stuff. So we need to take a chapter out of their playbook and do those same things and not be afraid and also not be afraid to sound stupid. Like, yeah. What, what the hell? What's a HELOC? Yeah. Like, yeah. Say it. Ask Who it. cares? Yep, exactly. Yeah, 100%. When, when when the stakes are your future, <laughs> you should not have any qualms about asking all the questions and maybe sounding stupid. But I 
I want to always be the dumbest person in every room because that's yeah. how you learn. Yeah. You know, that's yep. how you grow. If you're just surrounding yourself, if you're always the smartest person in the room and you're surrounding yourself with people that aren't above and beyond whatever you're doing, you're never going to grow. Yeah. So don't be yeah. afraid of that space, you know, don't be. And it is funny talking about, you know, women entrepreneurs and women in business. Andrea and I are the face of Good Good Investing. We have a podcast, an incoming book, you know, YouTube, like all this different stuff, community here in Dallas. And we're the ones posting about our investments and everything. People still call our husbands when they want to invest. Yeah. It is like Ooh. without fail. And it is, you know, it's an uphill battle as women. And so we want to just support other women that are doing the scary thing, mm -hmm. taking a chance, you know, taking a flyer. And we want to be their cheerleaders and say, you go, girl. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep up the good work because we're all in this together. Wow. So it's so interesting. I was in Dallas last weekend. Oh, <laughs> yes. Awesome. My son attends SMU. Oh, no kidding. Oh my gosh. That's yes. where my brother went. That's awesome. It's beautiful campus. There is Dallas is a whole other world onto itself. And I, I think sort of being without making a characterization of every single woman in Dallas, you know, there is this image that is portrayed there, mm -hmm. you know, that I think is different than New York, yeah. right? Um, and so I can almost see why women wouldn't necessarily want to talk about wealth and that yeah. there there's there are an awful lot of well, there's a lot of money in Dallas and there's a lot of men that make a lot of money in, in Dallas. So I think you also have to, you know, wherever you are, you have to sort of realize and, and also be interested and curious to know mm -hmm. and to ask all of these questions. And if women don't want to educate themselves, then you know, I guess that's their prerogative, you know, yeah. shame on them because you never know what life, one day you can be living in your $19 million house that doesn't have a backyard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> and the next day, you know, you're having to to sell it in order to to, to just live. And we, we can't put ourselves in that position at all. We have to be super smart. And unfortunately, you need money to live these days and more and more. Yes, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And even beyond just your monthly expenses, incidentals, you know, and kids college and emergencies and accidents. And you want to leave a <laughs> legacy for your children as well. And you can't build generational wealth working a W-2 job. You can't. You no, can't do it. It's you your can't. investments. And that's all that it is. It, your investments are the thing that will outlive you. Your W-2 will yeah. not. Do you have any suggestions for beyond all of the great stuff and all of the great content that you're delivering? Do you, do you have like that Bible that it's like, this was the first, you know, book I read, or this was a great website to kind of just get up to speed on, on all of this? Well, I will say the the real estate quote unquote Bible is the first, like the purple book is what it's called. Rich yeah. Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes. So I think uh, that's everyone's origin story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think <laughs> okay. he was talking about rich dads are the ones that invest and leverage their capital. Yeah. You know, poor dads are the ones yes. that live paycheck to paycheck. And we live yes. in America. Like it's, this is the, one of the only countries where we can literally, you know, be born to a middle-class, you know, working blue-collar family and die, you know, multi-millionaires. 
And it's yeah. through real estate investing, in my opinion. That's I know he also talked about it in the book as well. There's other books as well. There's actually one we have here on the table, or did you put it over there? It's called Passive <laughs> Investing, Like a Beginner's Guide. The one we're going to make is going to be very similar to that as well, just going over all the different ways that people can invest in real estate. But I would say if you are just getting curious and you haven't picked up the Purple Book, I think that is the best. That's the best place to start. Yeah. And if you have kids, also they have like a, a, a rich dad, version. rich dad, mm-hmm. poor dad for teens. They oh, have. Sorry. Yeah. Tax free wealth. <laughs> oh, tax free wealth is another Tom Wheelwright. Tom yeah, Wheelwright. that one's really good. That blew our minds because you can actually make more money investing in real estate and pay no taxes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, let's just talk about that concept for one second, because I do think that that's super important. And that's something in Rich Dad, Poor Dad that uh, that sort of blew my mind. This idea of as a W-2 employee, no matter how much money you make, all, you know, all of your money, half of your money is going to to taxes. But through real estate investment, it's not the same. It's not classified as the same type of income. So can you just can you just talk about that a tiny bit cuz it's this is mind-blowing. Yeah, so um in real estate, we're allowed to claim what's called a bonus depreciation. So in commercial real estate. So in your typical home that you own, you get a depreciation benefit every year from it on your tax return, right? It's a big benefit to owning a property. Depreciation is calculated on a 27 and a half year schedule. I don't know why it's 27.5, but it is. So everything in your home will essentially depreciate over 27 and a half years, the IRS says. Now, in our commercial buildings, we have a, a, a cost segregation specialist, which is just a fancy term for someone who comes in and itemizes every item in that property that would qualify for depreciation, appliances, fixtures, improvements, et cetera, in the entire property. They put it on a depreciation schedule of 27 and a half years, like you would on your primary residence. However, with bonus depreciation, we can claim all 27 and a half years of depreciation in year one of ownership, even if the property is 45 years old. The depreciation schedule resets every time it changes hands. So that is millions of dollars of tax write-off that we pass on to our passive investors. And with our passive investors, they can, I mean, there's not many assets you could claim a loss while getting a gain. That's why real estate is very specific, uh, especially when it comes to tax-free wealth. It's why billionaires don't pay taxes. Yeah. So with that depreciation, you can offset your passive income with your passive losses. If you are a real estate professional, you know, someone, it doesn't mean you're licensed. You talk to your CPA because there's different qualifications to consider you as a real estate professional, especially if you don't have a W-2. I would really look into getting qualified for REP status, real estate professional status. My brother retired my sister-in-law from her teaching job so that she could become a real estate professional. And now he's able to write off all of the depreciation on his ordinary income, not just his passive income. So he works for Tesla, makes good money, and now he's not paying taxes because of that. So you can get really creative and strategize. And I will also say not all CPAs are created equal. Andrea had an investor tell her that their CPA said there is no tax benefit to investing in real estate, which is insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So make sure that you get a CPA that's familiar with the types of investments that you're doing. 
so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I feel like I'm sitting here in a master class. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, I, I love it too. And I can't I can't wait to just dive in and, and learn more. I've been getting really curious about it over the last year. And I, I still did have in my head, um, I did know a little bit about real estate syndication, but I still had in my head that I had to have a big chunk of money in order to kind of like get started. And I feel now, and I hope everybody who's listening also realizes that you don't need to have a big chunk of money. And, you know, probably the first investment that you should make is in educating yourself. So your investment of time. Yeah. Because when you do that, then you can be smarter about that next investment and and take those little baby steps. And convicted. We want our investors to feel convicted. We don't want them, you know, like getting into the investment still kind of like, oh, I don't know. You know, with education comes conviction and with knowledge comes empowerment. So definitely, Mm -hmm. like you said, invest your time educate yourself. There's so much free. I mean, this is 2023. It's not, you know, 1990. We have the internet at our fingertips. That's insane. Like the amount of education you can do for free. So do that, you know, take advantage of that. That would be my, my biggest advice to someone listening. Well, listen, Rachel and Andrea, this has been a master class. I am so excited that we got a chance to sit down and talk. I'm going to go binge on your YouTube channel, binge on the podcast, and I can't wait. When is the book actually coming out? Oh, gosh, we're hoping this fall. Yeah. We're shooting for this fall. (laughs) Yeah. Great. That is amazing. I actually have a conference that I do every year called She Leads Live. So my conference is happening in the fall in October. So perhaps, you know, it can be a stop on your book launch, Ooh, which would be very cool. Be New York. Yeah. Let's definitely touch base about that. That yeah. would be fantastic. So cool. Well, thank you so very much. This has been enlightening. And, you know, this good, good investing, I I just sort of love that perspective. And I love what you're doing. And I love the fact that you and I are, all of us are talking here on the the kickoff of Women's History Month. So let's let's make history, ladies. I love it. I love it. I love (laughs) it. Thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you. She Leads Podcast Network.